0: Hello and welcome to the Arctic You Film Podcast, episode 21. Ben, your Wi Fi is a bit iffy this evening or yeah. this morning, whenever you're listening. But, Ben, what's going on with it?
1: Well, my Wi Fi is always horrible in my uni room, and tonight it seems to be exceptionally bad. So, let's hope it's almost got worse. It's like. As literally... soon as we decided to record a
0: podcast, it's got worse.
1: No, it's got worse over the 10 weeks I've had this room.
0: Oh, well. That's that's great. How are the online lectures going?
1: Well, let's just say. Well, firstly, I'm self-isolating at the moment. So I've missed all the in-person stuff for like a week and a half. And I am seriously behind. It's confusing as. And essays are hard. But, you know... Drinking's good.
0: You're getting good. through it. You're getting th- drinking, okay, not good uh, a couple of weeks ago where you decided to have a bit too many drinks right before we recorded the podcast. Ben, please confirm that right now you are sober.
1: Right now I am sober. I've had a night off.
0: Without further ado, let's get into episode 21 of the Articulate Film Podcast with Jacob and Ben. He's Ben, I'm Jacob. Ben knows everything there is to know about TV and film. Me, quite frankly, I don't know much. Uh, on the show today, we have got reviews from We Are Who We Are the vowel and small acts we've also got trailer talk and my binge of the week which is an exciting one this week i have to say also i've got a microphone again so hopefully fingers crossed the audio is a little bit better on my end right ben should we start with the news
1: yep yeah, let's uh shall we talk about the first topic now obviously disney had a huge problem thrown their way with the tragic passing of chadwick boseman And Black Panther 2 is moving forward and they're focusing on Shuri, uh, who's played by Letitia Wright, and Black Panther's sister. And I'm not going to say I'm excited about this film because I think that would be crass and wrong. But I do think it's the right move. I think it could say something quite impactful about grief. And Letitia Wright is a brilliant actress who deserves her own superhero spin-off. And we're talking about her new show Small Acts later in the review. Um so I think that's a good solid move from Disney but I still would
0: really it is a very sad situation mm. but I'm really glad that they didn't go down the whole recasting route I think that would have been a bit disrespectful in many ways because he uh he was an incredible incredible actor and he performed Black Panther so well, so I'm just so glad they didn't go down the recasting route. And the reviews,
1: I haven't seen it yet, but the early reviews for his new film Mal Rainey's Black Bottom are incredible and everyone's praising the high heels out of his final performance when it comes on Netflix next month, and I read somewhere his favourite to win next year's Oscar. So,
0: Oh, yeah, I, uh, no doubt there'll also be a tribute to him at the Oscars as well. Oh, he'll be in
1: the obituary, no doubt.
0: Elsewhere in the news, Neil Patrick Harris joins the Nicolas Cage playing Nicolas Cage movie. That sounds very confusing.
1: Did I say that correctly? You did say that correctly. I mean...
0: I, I, I'm buzzing about that, to be honest with you, because that was quite a tongue twister. A lot of hyphens in there. Mm. And, oh, I'm, I'm just so happy. Yes, uh, Ben, talk to me more. What does this mean? So,
1: obviously, Neil Patrick Harris... Translated
0: for non-film and TV geeks like myself.
1: Neil Patrick Harris is an icon... How I Met Your Mother, Barney, is my favourite character in everything. So whenever he's announced for anything, I get excited. But this film, I think we talked about it in an earlier podcast, sounds nuts. Because Nicolas Cage is in the nicest way possible nuts. So the thought of him playing himself sounds incredible. And I'm hoping it's something as good as... Did you see Honey Boy that came out I, I last? I haven't, I haven't, but I have heard about it. It's, it's mental, it's beautiful and mental where Shia LaBeouf plays his dad in a film he wrote about his own life and struggles with addiction. So I'm hoping Nicolas Cage's Nicolas Cage biopic can be something like Shia LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf biopic.
0: And when is this movie that just sounds absolutely nuts, when is it coming out?
1: don't know, no confirmed date, no confirmed production date, I know Tiffany Haddish is involved, Um, lots of still in pre-production to my knowledge at the moment, so maybe a year, maybe, I reckon this time next year it will be hitting cinemas or VOD or Netflix or whatever its life is. And finally, Kristen Stewart, we had the news a few weeks ago, she was controversially cast as Princess Diana, and um, she has revealed she's been watching The Crown. Slow News Week.
0: Slow News Week. That's <laughs> why we're talking about someone who's watched The Crown, basically.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Chris have is... you watched
0: The Crown, Ben? I assume you have watched The Crown.
1: I watched bits of it. Yeah, I haven't finished this new series. I'm waiting to get a it fan because
0: it gets a lot of hype. Are you a fan of it?
1: I am, I am. We reviewed it last week or two weeks ago. Or yeah, what? we
0: did, we did, we did. And that I
1: think I, I, I said I was a fan of it. I'm waiting to finish the series with my mum, even though she's already finished it. <laughs> and well, That's yeah. nice of her. That's nice. I think Kristen Stewart is a brilliant actress. She gets a lot of hate, mainly from dating Rob Patterson and the horrific Twilight films. But her new film, Happiest Season, which we're talking about later on in the show, is great. She's a brilliant actress, and I think this Princess Diana role is hopefully what she needs.
0: So shall we do it? Yeah, let's get into reviews in just a sec, but there's one thing that you've just skimmed over there that I feel like, as your co-host, I need to address, and all the listeners are going to want to know why. You don't like Twilight.
1: The Twilight movies are terrible. I thought that was a fact.
0: See, I've watched one once, and I didn't think it was that bad, partly because I actually think Robert Pattinson is a good actor. Oh, I know, bro, I know lots of female fans just love him, but I genuinely think he's he's a good actor. Well, he's very good in Harry Potter.
1: Robert Pattinson is a great actor. If you haven't seen Tenet, he's brilliant in that. He's the new Batman. He's going to be the new Batman. I love I know, Robert Pattinson. I, know. I love Kirsten Stewart, but I just I think the franchise is not great. It's not as bad as the Fifty Shades franchise, and I. I think it's weird that people still talk about Twilight 12 years on. But, um, you know, I always thought people thought it was terrible, but kind of guilty terrible.
0: Okay, so Ben is not a fan of that. He's also not a fan of Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm worried (laughs) if I ask you, Ben... Why you're not a fan of Fifty Shades, you will just compare it to another thing you're not a fan of, and we'll just keep going around in circles. So let's leave it there for now and get into the reviews. Up first, we are going to be reviewing, well, I say we, Ben is going to be reviewing We Are Who We Are, which is a BBC iPlayer box set.
1: And it is directed, it's a co-production with HBO, and it's directed by Luca Grardinio, I can never say his surname, who made Call Me By Your Name and the film this tv show is remarkably similar it follows two american teenagers who are growing up and coming of age and finding themselves in an american military base in italy and jacob you've spent quite you've spent time in military bases right
0: i have living on army camps yes
1: and maybe this is an american thing But it's kind of a distraction with the show, because in military bases, particularly in the American one, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, but the shops are all laid out the exact same way. Do you know
0: what? Speaking of... Well, it's not really relevant, but on Amazon Prime, there's a a film called Military Wives. I think it's called Military Wives, if you heard of it. Yeah. um, Some of it's really good. They uh, film in army quarters, and you can tell it's an army quarter, and it's really good, really emotional. But... They salute with the wrong hand. That's The weird. actors salute with their left hand, not the right. Mm. And I just think, how can you get that wrong? Ben, we've done plays um, at the school you were at and the school I'm at. Not even we've made that mistake, you know what I mean?
1: No, I, I, see, I see when you remember we did make that mistake once. Well, I'm once, I'm...
0: but never again. But you'd have thought a, a genuine <laughs> film that made it to cinemas, they would not make that mistake.
1: But is it a thing where... Because that's about... Is that a thing where they deliberately chose not to because they're playing soldiers? Could that have been a choice? Um, Well, I don't know, but my dad watched it and he was absolutely livid. (laughs) Yeah, because sometimes things are quite careful where they do um, playing real-life soldiers. Anyway. I'm lost. us with the review. Most tourists Sorry. obviously see like this part of northern. It's in direct language. have been saying shut up. Don't interrupt me. Let me get through my review. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so lost. Sorry. I'm so lost. I can't. I lost myself on my notes. So I'm just gonna go f- rough it. I'm just gonna free like go rough. For it. Uh, go for it. So it's I found it really cool. The coming of age stuff is brilliant. I am someone. Who liked to call me by your name the first time I watched it, but now think it's overhyped or overwatched, or since straight women love it, I think it loses some of its authenticity. And I love its raw, um, I love the character moulding and the depth. And Guardino is really good at building unique and diff- different characters. Um, Jack Dylan Grazer is a brilliant protagonist in this. He's watchable, he's charming. The word they describe his teenager is quirky, he's different, and this obviously stands out against the background of the army bases. The one thing I would say, I think the fact it's on an army base and the fact it's set in Italy clash, I don't think they go well together. I think they both distract off each other. But the way the scenes roll out and they show things and it's slow and it's beautiful, I really liked. And... I'm a fan of this show. I've watched two episodes partly because I don't have an, I've run out of time. I've been hectic recently, but I'm going to finish I, it.
0: Me and Ben, the reason we've been a bit slow on the podcast is because me and Ben have never been this busy. We are both so busy. Ben's busy at uni, even though he's isolating. Uh, I'm actually putting on a play right now. The Importance of Being Ernest, playing Aldrin on the main part. We move, um, so we've just been so hectic.
1: I I love your subtle plug. And actually, I think it's harder to do anything when you're self-isolating. It's so
0: yeah, you're so demotivated, aren't you? And so like stuck in your own room and like own world. Mm.
1: And at least you have your house is bigger than the flat I live in. Yeah. And you have a garden, and I live on I've the fourth. I live on the fourth floor of an apartment block in a flat, and I've about two rooms and my room is about 10 footsteps, so I've gone mad. I've lost it, which is probably, you would have noticed if you've been listening to the last 10 minutes of the pod. So shall we move uh, ben, on?
0: Ben, what's the, what's the one thing that is getting you through?
1: The one thing that's getting me through? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm really not. The fact I live with seven other people helps. Not going to...
0: I thought you were going to say alcohol, then, but you've impressed me. The fact that you're living with seven other people, you've impressed me there, Ben, in a weird kind of way. Right? Should we get into trailer talk then? Oh, it's quite a big, quite a big trailer talk this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, there have been some good trailers. So there
0: have been some good trailers. Let's start off
1: with the prom, shall we, Ben? Yep. Yeah, so it's based off the Tony-winning Broadway musical. If those words mean something to you, they do. They're gibberish to me. And I, I was
0: watching The um, the Chase the other day, and um, one of the questions was, this actress has won a Tony, an Oscar, or a Grammy. And the right answer was a Tony, but I'd never even heard of them before. So it's all coming together. I'm getting to grips with all this
1: yeah well i know what the tony's are they're like the oscars for theater and i know what broadway is i was just making a joke about my knack of knowledge of the general what's on the new york broadway stage. but it's not do-
0: how on this podcast we have to really define all our jokes and go into real depth about what they mean that just shows how witty we are as people
1: how unfunny i am um <laughs> ryan It's directed by ryan murphy You know, the guy who made Glee. So that's its tone. And it stars Meryl Streep, James Corden and Nicole Kidman as a group of Broadway actors who go over to Indiana to throw a young lesbian at the prom of her dreams.
0: See, that doesn't sound too much like Glee, to be honest. That sounds more... Yeah, I'm not getting Glee vibes.
1: Yeah, watch the trailer, you'll get Glee vibes. It's... It looks camp, has it he got, looks fun. Has it got singing in it? Has
0: it got singing? It is a
1: musical. It? It's got so James
0: Corden's going to be singing, surprisingly, a bloody good singer.
1: Yeah, he's a good singer. Um, but he did do Cats. His musical choices haven't been great recently.
0: Yeah, I feel like Cats was just a massive cock up. And the other and interesting thing
1: honest. the greatest actress of all time, Meryl Streep, who must be, what, 60s, 70s now, is rapping. Like, come on. This this film looks nuts. Anyway, it's coming to Netflix on the eleventh of December. So that's two weeks.
0: Only in twenty twenty. Only in twenty twenty. Elsewhere we have had exciting trailers. Uh Kaylee Koku from the big band cookie. Sorry. Sorry. I mean Ben, you told me last time on the podcast just to go for it. So Okay, it's Cuckoo. Kaylee Cuckoo from The Big Bang Theory is switching to a drama in the Flight Attendant. Uh, this follows a young woman who wakes up in the wrong hotel room, the wrong bed, and with a dead man. It currently has no UK broadcaster. That sounds good. I'm annoyed it's got no UK broadcast.
1: Yeah, so it's coming to HBO Max in the US. Actually, it might.
0: but um, you know, Wi Fi it... just cut out. Your Wi Fi
1: just cut out. Okay, it's coming to HBO Max in the US, uh, it's yeah. currently got new, no UK broadcaster. Um, I think it's going to come to Sky, but don't hack me on it, that's just a prediction. Well,
0: we'll... Um, we'll see if you're right Then we will see if you are right. Elsewhere Ben, what have we got going on in the trailers?
1: Did you watch The Boss Baby, which must have come out two, three years ago?
0: I haven't, but I have heard of it.
1: Yeah. uh, Well, anyway, we've got a sequel coming next March in cinemas.
0: How was the first one? Did you like the first Boss Baby? I
1: don't remember it, which...
0: Have you watched it? Yes. So if you've watched it and don't remember it, that's not a great sequel. I I know, to be fair, Ben, you do watch an awful lot.
1: I remember it coming out, but I don't remember the details. Even is it watching an animated
0: thing, is it It's
1: animated, yeah, it's an animated comedy that involves Alec Baldwin playing a businessman like baby. That's the grips of the first film and what I remembered. I don't remember any like plot details or how I felt about it. But anyway, the second film, the two brothers have grown apart from babe they're now adults, they've sadly grown apart. However, there's a new baby, a new super villain, and the grown-ups have to take some serum thing to turn them back into babies, so we can have more plot, joke, hijinks, whatever, like the first film. The first film was- Sounds
0: very exciting. It does actually sound quite good.
1: Yeah, the trailer looked alright. It looks very much like the first film, so.
0: Still to come on today's Arctic Film Podcast, Happiest Season, we're going to be reviewing that as well as The Processor. Uh, We're also going to be reviewing Small Arse. Uh, My binge of the week as well. I'm Celebrity Talk, trial four. And right now, let's review The Vow, a HBO documentary series which is now on Now TV.
1: Small ass, sorry. Small what? Small, sorry, just we'll get to that later. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Small Axe, not Small ass. Yeah. I don't have my glasses on. In Venice, I don't have my glasses on. Oh, sorry. Small Arse is a great name for
1: a show. Small Arse would be an amazing show and sounds worrying. Maybe we can, maybe we can start a
0: show called Small Ass, but no, we're going to be reviewing Small Axe. Not Small Arse, Small Acts. Sorry. But you are not, know I'm just like Jordan North,
1: aren't I? You are, but let's save the I'm a Slev talk for like a two sorry, minutes. Sorry. I'll, I'll riddle through that. I'll... That's me being told off again. I'll speed ben. through the vow. two minutes, let's do the vowel. I'll speed through the <laughs> vow and then we'll do our honest talk. So it looks at the experiences of members in the NXIVM sex cult, an organisation that made headlines a couple of years ago for being sex trafficking and a racketeering conspiracy. I'm disturbed how some reviews are kind of missing the point of this show. I mean, this is not... Lots of people have watched The Vow and judged the people's decisions who've been inducted into the cult. Like, the guy who started it, he's obviously creepy and sadistic and a sociopath. But lots of people have been quite rude about the people who did it. And I think it is an uncomfortable watch. And you do end up judging the people... I mean, cults are abundant and they come in many tricky forms and we look in society today and there's so many unhappy and unfulfilled people trying to find purpose, it's easy to see why people would join a cult and this documentary does a really good job in my opinion of showing that, um, so in that sense it's a very good documentary, it's very well made and the story is very interesting, so I think it's a must watch. Thank you, Ben. Can if you're, you're, interested in now, if you're interested in
0: cults. If you're interested in cults. Can we get out to celebrity? Yes, let's go. So, Ben, have you been watching it?
1: No, but I follow... I'm on social media, so I know lots of people have a crush on Vernon Kay. Um Shane Ritchie and AJ had a fight, and Holly Arnold MB was first out.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much all you need to know. Other than the fact that, Ben, you made predictions very early on that you thought Victoria Derbyshire was going to win, having looked at the most recent odds. She's low. She's going to be out soon. She's very, very low.
1: Mm, I thought that.
0: I wish I put 50 quid on Jordan North winning the day the lineup was announced. Yeah. Because so many people thought, oh, no, he won't win, because like, they didn't know who he was. He will win.
1: Mm. But, I mean, so much of that is how they make reality TV. I mean, Jordan North is lucky that they... If they didn't show the shot of him vomiting on night one, I don't think he would.
0: The thing is, ITV, in a way, can control who wins either celebrity. Oh, totally. Two words, screen time.
1: Yep, totally. And it's the same with um, Love Island and all of those. Yeah. The only one that's... Those shows, the night, the real nightly shows where you vote for your favourite instead of something uh, like Strictly or Master Shepherd, really yeah. controlled by screen time.
0: Yeah, which is, is weird, isn't it? Mm. Really. I um, mean. But I just think ITV have got things lined up for Jordan North and Vernon Kay as well.
1: Yeah, and I also think. Well, Vernon Kay was the big. He was one of the most, more famous people going in. Yeah. I think Jordan North being scared of everything meant lots of people resonated with him. Mo Farah, from what it looks like, had a lot of screen time. Yeah. So so they, they've they done this year. They've went with the people who are best known, which, I don't know. They've went and, for this.
0: Uh, obviously, it's in the castle. What do we think of it being in the castle? I think it's going to stay in the castle. I think it's given the show... It's been going on 20 years now. I feel like it's given it the revamp it needs. It's kind of, in a way, got Big Brother-esque vibes going on, like um, all these different rooms and things, and obviously Big Brother isn't a thing anymore. So, I I don't know. I think it's um, a good decision to have it relocated to Wales. Also, a damn right site cheaper. A lot, lot cheaper for ITV.
1: Hmm. Yeah, no. It's. I'm just... I wonder whether... In the sh- I've been thinking a lot about this with this year's I'm a Celebrity because um, it had huge air and lots of buzz about it being in the castle and it did. It got like 14 million people to the first episode. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it gives the show a revamp now but maybe it's the beginning of the end.
0: Yeah. Okay. Because I, get that.
1: I would be. Re- ITV haven't released the day-to-day ratings, and I'd be interested to see how many people have stopped. Like I'm going to admit, I watched two episodes and was like, I do not have time.
0: See, it wasn't. I feel like it's not really aimed at you though. I don't feel like you all What me as well? Not in the I'm celeb target audience.
1: Yeah, but I just I don't think I am. But what is if I'm not the target audience for a show like I'm a Slep, what actually is it? That is a valid point. Because I'm in the sixteen to forty, which is the dream audience. I'm a student. I should be on the airtime at this time of night. Like I'm the type of person who watches Love Island and the Circle and any reality TV.
0: (laughs) I love the circle, by the way. Same. I
1: can't celebrity season. Coming out next year. That oh. and they're currently filming the next one as well. They're pre-recording two seasons at the moment because I liked of um, Woody Cook.
0: He was good on it. He
1: was good. He was good. So and that's oh,
0: Sean Ellery. What Sean?
1: Oh, I can't. I can't these people were on it a year ago. Yeah. Okay. All
0: right. Uh, should we continue with the podcast now? Let's review Trial for the Netflix documentary series.
1: Yeah. The. Hasn't had as many people talking as when I put this in the notes, I thought. You know when sometimes you're like, Oh my God, this is going to be a huge hit on Netflix. Everyone's going to talk about it. It's going to be a game changer, the way these documentaries sometimes do. Yeah. I thought that would be Trial Trial 4, but it kind of isn't. And I don't know why, because it is good. Um, So charged as a teen in 1993 for the killing of, Bos- of a Boston cop, Sean K. Ellis is fighting to prove his innocence while exposing police corruption and systemic racism. Once again, it sounds like stuff Twitter will eat up. Um, the show's long. It's nine episodes, which is a problem. But it is very entertaining.
0: How long is each episode?
1: 40 minutes, like an hour. Like It's that length. It's the length of a normal documentary episode. They're not half an hour things. They're not easy short watches. Um, Netflix has once shined a light on corruption. It's once encompassed the American justice thing. And it's not a perfect resolution series. It's not satisfying in that way, but it does bring hope. And it has all the elements to be a viral true crime, or not true crime, because it isn't series, that catches the world by storm. But I don't know why. it hasn't
0: happened. It hasn't happened. It hasn't
1: happened. So... And I feel like
0: it's not going to happen
1: now. And it's not going to happen.
0: I mean, maybe we've got enough pe- enough people listening to this podcast, but yeah. in reality, no, no.
1: I think it's watch if you can.
0: Watch if you can, but you. Because enjoy- it's not viral. Yeah.
1: With these shows, so that obviously then obviously
0: shows something. If it's not viral and it hasn't done amazingly, that obviously shows.
1: Yeah, like I think, possible. and actually, I would say the same for, um, not we uh, for trial. F- No, The Vow, sorry, I forgot what I just reviewed. Um, Like, because they didn't go viral, like these documentaries really should, I don't think they're as good. I think with this genre, they need to go viral and be talked about, like Leaving Neverland did, for you to really feel invested in the story and the thing.
0: I feel like there's so many documentary series going around at the minute. I feel like everyone just needs a bit of a breather from them. I feel like they did so, so well that everyone's trying to capitalise on them, but not with them.
1: Yeah, there are so many, and finding the good ones is difficult.
0: Yeah, because there's so many to choose from. And
1: actually they're quite dark. Yeah. So you can't... Especially
0: in 2020, I feel like everyone needs kind of a, a lighter show.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm currently watching Community Strictly and Masterchef The Professionals. Not including. Really one of them.
0: annoyed. Clara Anfo got out of Strictly, though, aren't
1: you? I liked her. Yeah. But. But. But she was by far the weakest. Like she did a great dance two or three weeks ago. But. At this stage in the competition, you shouldn't be. She shouldn't have been the only person not to break twenty out of thirty-two weeks in a row. I think she's. The weakest, and as much as he's a great personality, I genuinely liked all of them. So is Jamie Langston, in it? Yep, he beat Clara in the dance off. He's I'm really
0: surprised by that, because he was shit.
1: He was awful at the beginning, and he's worked hard and he's really good, and I vote for him. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean I love just
0: love Jamie O'Bain and Chelsea.
1: Yeah, and he has he's a really likable guy.
0: He is. He is. He's a bit funny looking. Like he looks a bit old, but and he's a really nice
1: guy. I love his enthusiasm and how much he cares. So yeah, I'm I'm rooting for Jamie to win. I think he Do you could... have a
0: bit of a crush on Jamie then.
1: No, but I still think he could win. I mean, Karen, his partner, looks a bit like Jamie. That <laughs> that they look identical as a couple. They've even made jokes about it, but. Oh, yeah. anyway right so let we continue
0: go. with the podcast uh, coming up in just a sec we have got small acts not small ass on the way for you uh, but right now let's do my binge of the week Doctor Who is my binge of the week so I used to be a huge Doctor Who fan I used to watch Doctor Who all the time I used to watch Sarah Jane Adventures all the time that was
1: That's the true. show
0: that was the show on CBBC <laughs> Um, uh back in like 2007 2008 2009 uh i got into doctor who by david tenman being the doctor i just thought he was great matt smith he never really did it for me i do know that when matt smith took over the mantelpiece the writers behind the show did change so i feel like it wasn't necessarily all down to matt smith it was partly the writers but i was just kind of i went off the show and it just didn't do it for me but this week for some random reason, I don't know why, for the first time in over ten years, I thought I'm going to watch Doctor Who. So I have been binge watching in between learning all my lines and acting for the importance of being earnest, which I have the main part in this week. If I haven't already mentioned that already, <laughs> this week I've just gone back to Doctor Who, and I'm absolutely loving it. I'm watching the series with David Tennant as the Doctor, and it is available on BritBox.
1: And Netflix and BBC iPlayer.
0: Is it on Netflix?
1: It is on Netflix because in oh. lockdown, so I'm also a Doctor Who fan. We're showing our age here because we were, because you know, when we were like eight, it was David Tennant and Matt Smith and they were awesome. And in Covid, I did the same thing. I watched all, I think it's 13 seasons now. And actually, it was the first time I watched lots of the David Tennant stuff for probably 10 years. Do you know
0: which one episode in particular I picked it up from? It's season three, episode two or three, the one in New York, Empire yeah. State Building, the Daleks.
1: The one all with the Andrew Garfield?
0: Men. Yes, on all the, the pigmen.
1: Yeah, no, I don't remember, like, the specificities. I still watch the show. It's whenever there's a new series, I still watch it because I get that... Who's the
0: new Doctor, by the way?
1: I like her. Well, I watch the show purely because it gets me nostalgic. I actually really like Jodie Comer. I think... No, not Comer. Whittaker. I think she's brilliant in the role. She's done two seasons. I think the writing now is not good. And... But I think keep going. If it's nostalgia keeping you through it, try and get through Matt Smith and try and watch. Some of the new stuff's good. And Jack Bowman, yeah, is returning in the Christmas special, which is exciting. So you know,
0: okay. I do normally always watch the um, watch the Christmas specials. Ben, a Daleks still kicking about.
1: Yeah, Daleks are still kicking about in this.
0: Cybermen.
1: Yep. Yeah. All oh Jacob, this show's lasted sixty years. they're, they're still on the same trio of villains: and Daleks, Cybermen, and the Master. And every order they stick them together.
0: Exterminate before me and Ben completely geek out let's continue the podcast on now with small, no, small acts. no small, small acts. small acts. small acts small actual films available now on BBC iPlayer
1: well they're not sh- I shouldn't have write short films in the notes because they are all feature-length films by Steve McQueen who directed 12 Years of Slave, Widows, Shame I think that's his work um he's like Oscar-winning and he deals with race and particularly the Afri- uh, the windrush generation and their experience with racism in Britain between the uh, 60s and like early noughties. And that's really cool, and it's unseen. So the first film, Small Axe Mangrove, which came out on BBC a few weeks ago, they're on every Sunday night, and you can watch them on iPlayer. It follows uh, Frank Critchley, played by Sean Parks, who's the owner of a Notting Hill, Caribbean restaurant called Mangrove, which is a lively base for locals, intellectuals, activists. And then some racist terror happens, the police raid it night after night, making Frank and the local community go for a peaceful protest. Nine and that leads to them being arrested and put on trial. And the second half is a trial which I love and it focuses on some real life activists, including a um, El- Alifa Jones-Le Conte, played by Letitia White, and Dark As How, played by Malaya Kirby. I mean, I've watched the first two. The third one came out tonight, starring John Boyega from Star Wars fans. I haven't watched it yet. I do like the shows. I do like the films, so I'm going to watch them. Um, it's, they're good. These films are strong. And
0: You know, I found out recently that John yeah. Boyega, but in Star Wars, he's American
1: no he's english
0: no he's american what in star wars he does an america yeah but
1: accent. in you cannot be american in star wars
0: hey okay, in star wars he's got an american accent
1: yeah but he's also from some planet which won't have an america
0: Yes, but you know what I mean. He doesn't do an English accent, he does an American
1: accent. Oh, I didn't realise that. I thought he did his normal accent. Uh I know. Yeah, so confused me there. Anyway. It's so A small act, Steve McQueen deals with racism. Throwing... You have thrown me. Um it deals with racism, it deals with some really important issues. It. There couldn't be a more timely year to have released the films, particularly with all the Black Lives Matter protests that happened in July. And it's great to see some young British actors coming through through these films. There's some really strong music choices, which I'm just going to call out there because Steve McQueen is a genius. And I would say they're must-watch films, even though the far-right Lawrence Fox types are going to be like, I don't pay my TV licence to watch black people on TV, because the people who complained about the same ads will complain about these films, but they're all beautiful, or the two I've seen are. So, I
0: think... um, ben, at what point do we say I spoiled a lot of that?
1: I don't think I spoiled any of that, because it's all historical. So,
0: ah,
1: uh, yes, okay. Mm. Now, I'm losing Jacob. Ben, you're what? Yep, I'm losing Jacob. I, uh, ben, are you still there? I am still here. Uh, we're losing. Should we, we go we...
0: on to processor? Should we go yep. on to processor?
1: Because we do the call over Zoom, I, obviously, the Wi Fi is going. We record this at my end, so I'm gonna rush through the next two reviews because I think I have now definitely lost Jacob. Um, so processor follows Tasia Voss, who's a corporate agent who uses a brain implant technology to inhibit other people's bodies, um, driving them to commit assassinations for the benefits of her company. While she's a special gift for her work, her experiences on these jobs have caused her to change dramatically in her own life and she struggles to suppress violent memories and urges. As her mental strain and testifies, sorry, I she becomes begins to lose control, and she soon finds herself trapped in the man whose identity threatens to obliterate her own. Now, there's not a huge amount of information out on this film. Not loads of people have talked about it, so I thought, you know what, it's smaller than we normally do, but it's available on DVD. So I'll track out a quick review of it. Um, I thought the film had potential, um, great potential, great setup. Much like a really good episode of Black Mirror, if Charlie Brookwood wrote this, it would be incredible. Um, but the film left me wanting more. There were too many unanswered questions, and not in a good way. And it's impossible to talk about the film without spoiling It, it is twisty, it is turb, all that stuff. Um, but I felt unsatisfied by it after watching it. So, if you catch my drift, it could have been great, but it's just a slight letdown, so don't watch the trailer and think this is for me because I like black mirror and that kind of stuff because it's sadly not that. Jacob, are you still there?
0: I am here, Ben can you... uh
1: I think can you hear me I can hear you um now, we have been talking recently, as we are friends outside this podcast about Christmas films. Yes, it's that, it's that time of year, and I think so.
0: Previously, previously on the podcast, right, I stated that Elp was the best Christmas film. I think it's thank God. The best film is Nativity.
1: I'm just gonna brush past that. Nati- I like Nativity, but it's not the greatest Christmas film of all time.
0: Okay, Nativity 2 is okay, it's watchable shit. Um, but the first one is cracking. It has me laughing. It has me not crying because I don't cry over the film. Emotional. It is a great family film. Everyone can enjoy it. I it, feel like Elf watching. Whoever, who's the lead? Is it Will? Will Farrell? Farrell. Yeah. What? Watching, watching Will. Him for a lot of people.
1: Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I think. Elf's classic, Love Actually's out there, Miracle on 34th Street, Nativity's good, but it's not the best. And I think Happiest Season, hopefully people will soon put it in breath of those films. I loved it, Um, it's my film of the week, if you'll go watch anything, it's a fibre to rent on whichever you rent or buy your films. It's so worth it, It even cost £7 to buy on Apple, I'd buy it, I'm going to watch this every Christmas. now, absolute bargain it's a bargain so meeting i i rented it and watched it twice in the 48 hour period once on my own and once with my flatmates and they all loved it as well now meeting your girlfriend's family is tough uh we both know that um and oh, planning it's the
0: most stressful man it is the most stressful thing yeah
1: i'm planning to propose at her annual christmas dinner
0: especially at the minute do you shake hands do you not you know what i mean
1: yeah and then obviously planning to propose at her family's annual Christmas dinner is great until, that's what happens, until Kristen Stewart's Abby realises her family, don't realises her girlfriend Harper's family. Don't know Harper's gay, and even more, don't know Abby is real. She, Harper's kept Abby's relationship a secret from her, which means Abby was staying over for Christmas. Really starts to question if she knew her girlfriend, who's hiding her as her orphan friend. Um,
0: This is—it's just a feel-good movie.
1: I smiled. I laughed.
0: I did cry. Feel-good movie. That—that that doesn't sound like a feel-good movie. That sounds a bit depressing, to be honest with you,
1: Ben. It's a Christmas film and a rom-com. It's not depressing. It's just got—it's got a true story being br- brutal. But I a
0: Christmas film. What? The story one get one free a rom com and a
1: Christmas. Yeah, and obviously the That's film, the, the film has some LGBT representation, which is not seen in rom coms and it's not seen in Christmas films. And the story will resonate with lots of people. I mean, it's hard on the characters. It doesn't let anyone off the hook. And actually, all of the characters are complex. The whole family's complex. The narratives are challenging. Um. But everyone gets a story arc and development and all the characters are compassionate. And it's an ensemble of about 10 characters and I loved them all. It's got a great cast, including Aubrey Plaza as Harper's ex, the super cool, confident lesbian, Dan Levy as... Uh, in Stewart's gay best friend, but it's a nice twist on the gay best friend to the straight girl, because it's the gay best friend to the lesbian. Ben, ben,
0: straight up, you have sold this to me.
1: You have sold this to me. Victor Garber and Mary Greenberg, Steen and are both brilliant par- as parents. It's a 100% recommend. It's really funny. It's my film of the week. I don't know how I'm going to rank it, but it is the thing you should go and watch after listening to this podcast. So,
0: Ben, I am losing you once again due to the Wi-Fi, so I'm going to sign out now. I mean, I'll stay on the call, but I don't want to, like... I don't want to... We'll sign out and leave you... Two and TV series. Watch from the week and which ones you... Shop.
1: Hopefully you heard that. Uh, Okay, so I got not... So, yeah, I think
0: Jacob said bye there. So, bye.